Welcome to Bible Stories with Dad, where I read a Bible story. So today we're working out of Luke 22 and John 13, for starters. Now this is leading up to Good Friday and Easter. There's a lot going on. It moves relatively quickly. It's going to feel like we're jumping around a lot. Buckle up, though. We'll see if we can get through it. At this point, the chief priests and the scribes want Jesus gone. Jesus' ministry has been going on for some time now. They want him dead. They want him out of the picture. Uh, it's coming up on the Passover, which is a Jewish feast that was instituted way back in the Old Testament. And Jesus and the disciples, being Jewish, are going to celebrate it. So before that, uh, Judas has sort of snuck away, I guess you could say. He went off by himself without any of the other disciples and without Jesus. And he went and he talked to these chief priests and such and talked to them about how he might betray Jesus to the priests, uh, the chief priests. Uh, they were happy with the idea and said, hey, you know, we'll give you some money. Uh, so he said, oh yeah, that works for me. And starts looking for a good opportunity to hand Jesus over to them away from the crowd. So that's the backstory. And Jesus says to Peter and John, you know, go get the Passover ready for us so we can eat it. Peter and John say, oh, where? Where do you want us to make us get this all ready? And he said, well, you're going to go in the city, and a dude's going to meet you. He's going to be carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him to whatever house he goes into. At that house, find the owner of the house and say, the teacher says to you, where's the guest room where I can eat the Passover with my disciples? And then that guy's going to show you a large furnished upper room. That's where you prepare it, which is awful specific instructions, but this is Jesus. He can do that. And everything worked out exactly as he told them, so they prepared the Passover. So during the Passover meal, they're all sort of sitting on the floor, and Jesus gets up, takes his coat and that off, and grabs a towel, wraps it around him, and pours some water into a basin. Now, in those days, people did a lot of walking. They wore sandals, basically. And your feet would get filthy. They just would. Because you're walking in the same road the animals are walking in. And it's dusty and it's dirty and it's, it's your feet get nasty. So it wasn't uncommon. In fact, it was the normal thing to do where something like this, you would have a servant. Or uh, if you didn't have a servant, somebody would sort of stand there at the door as you were coming in. And they'd have this basin of water and a towel and they'd wash your feet as you're coming in. Wash all the dirt, muck, grime, all that off. Well, nobody had done that here. That hadn't been set up. wasn't done. So Jesus grabs his basin of water, wraps a towel around himself, and he starts washing the disciples' feet. He's essentially making himself the servant to the disciples. He's over the disciples. They understand that. He's highest up. But he's putting himself in the lowest position and washing their feet, serving them in this way. And he gets to Peter, and Peter's like, Are you going to wash my feet, Jesus? And Jesus said, you don't understand what I'm doing, but you will. You're going to understand someday. And Peter's like, no, you're never going to wash my feet. And Jesus is like, unless I wash you, you won't be clean. You're not going to belong to me. And so Peter's like, oh, well then wash my feet, but wash my hands and my head as well. You know, give me a, give me a sponge bath. Wash me all over. And Jesus is like, a person who's bathed all over doesn't need to wash again, just their feet. Cause they're, you know, the feet got dirty. You're clean. But you're not all clean. See, there's a hidden meaning there. You know, you're clean, but you're not all clean. You know, 
you're clean, but your feet aren't clean. They need washed off from the dirt and that tracked in here. You're clean. You've, you're all my disciples, but you're not all clean. Because you see, at this point, uh, God knows. Jesus knows about Judas. Jesus knows Judas's plan. Now, why did Judas do it? You know, there's a couple of different possibilities there. It could be that um, he sort of gave up on the idea uh, didn't believe anymore. It could be that uh, he was looking to try and force Jesus' hand, you know, uh, turn Jesus over to these chief priests, and then Jesus would uh, conquer, essentially. Uh, at that point, what a lot of Jews were looking for was not a religious Messiah, not a spiritual kingdom of God to come. They they were being oppressed by Rome. They wanted somebody to come and fix it. They wanted that taken care of. And it could be that Judas thought that doing this would force Jesus to do that. Uh, we really don't know, and we can't ask him. So, you know, take your guess, come up with your own theory. Anyway, Jesus knows that. So he says, you know, you disciples are clean, but, but not all of you. Not all of you are clean. So he washes her feet, he puts his robe back on, and he sits down, and he asks, Do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher, you call me Lord, and you're right, because I am. But I am your Lord and your teacher, and I've washed your feet. You see, that's what you guys ought to be doing to each other. I've given you an example to follow. Do what I've done to you, to each other. I'm going to tell you, straight up, slaves aren't any greater than their master. The messenger's not more important than the one who sends the message. If you understand this, now that you understand this, God will bless you for doing this. And Jesus is, is troubled because he understands, he knows what's coming. And he says to the disciples, I'm going to tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. And the disciples start looking around, looking at each other, wondering who he could possibly mean. Who's going to betray him, especially of them? And so the disciples ask, you know, who are you talking about? And Jesus says, I'm going to give this bread that I'm dipping in the bowl to somebody. And that's who it is. And then he dipped the bread and he gave it to Judas. And Judas ate the bread. And Jesus said, hurry up and do what you're going to do. And none of the others had any idea what he meant. Since Judas was the treasurer, some of them thought maybe he was telling him to go pay for the food or give money to the poor or whatever. But whatever the case they were thinking, Judas gets up, heads out at once, out into the night to go set everything up and betray Jesus. So before Judas leaves, before this whole thing with Judas, Jesus takes some bread, he breaks it, blesses it, says, take this, eat it, this is my body which is broken for you. Uh, he takes a cup, passes it around, they all take some, they all drink some. He says, this is my blood that's poured out for you, new covenant, do this in remembrance of me. And this is where we get communion from, actually, in church. If we do, if you're in a church where they're doing communion, this is where this comes from. So uh, while they're here, while they're at this meal, uh, there starts an argument, a dispute of sorts among these disciples about who's going to be the greatest, who is the greatest. And Jesus is like, you know, uh, among the Gentiles, the kings and that lorded over uh, whoever they rule. It's not the way it should be with you. Whoever's the greatest needs to be like the least, and the leader should be like the servant. And then he turns to Peter and says, uh, 
Simon, because Simon and Peter, it's the same person. It says, Simon, Satan has demanded to test you, to sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you that, that your faith won't fail, and once you've come back, you'll strengthen your brothers. Peter says, Lord, I'm ready to go even to, to prison or death with you. Jesus says, I'm telling you, Peter, before the rooster crows, you'll have denied me three times that you even know me. So they all head out and they go to the Mount of Olives, which was a place they went relatively frequently. Uh, Jesus went, the disciples followed. When he got there, uh, he went about a stone's throw away from them and started to pray and prayed to God, Father, if you're willing, uh, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And an angel appeared and strengthened him. After he prayed, he came back, found the disciples asleep, and said, Why are you sleeping? Get up! Pray! While he was there talking to them, a crowd shows up, and Judas, one of the disciples, the one that was going to betray him, was ahead of them. He was leading the crowd, and he approached Jesus to kiss him, which was apparently a normal thing to do back then. And Jesus said, Judas, are you betraying me with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, do you want us to strike him with a sword? One of them took a sword and whacked the ear right off the slave of the high priest. Jesus said, Stop! No more! Touched the slave's ear and healed him. Jesus said to the chief priests and the scribes, the officers of the temple, the elders, everybody come out against him. Have you come out with swords and clubs like you would against a robber? was with you in a temple every day. You didn't even try anything then. But, you know, the dark of night, that's when you want to act. So they arrested him. And that sounds like as good a place as any to stop for this one. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week. And I'll see you next time.